It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. This is joy. So we're going to do a bit of an Advent trilogy, starting off with Tis the Season for Gratitude. And I think it's a very timely message because at this time of the year, oh, by the way, it's only 21 sleeps before Christmas. Well, some of us have had maybe 20, 30 Christmases. Others have had quite a few more. But I don't know about you, every year, is it, or maybe it's part of ageing, is it me or is every year just seem to be getting faster and faster? It's like, what, what's going on? Is there something with the sun and everything that we're, we're spinning faster? Or I don't know, but I, I do know this, that every year it does seem to be going faster, but there is a lot of noise and there's a lot of things demanding our attention. It's very easy at this time of the year to be inflicted with a spirit of grumpy. Um, Very contagious. You don't have to try very hard. It's just, especially this time of the year, it's very easy to get the spirit of grumpy on the inside or is it on the outside? I don't know. Maybe spirit of grumpy is on the inside and the outside. And, you know, for a lot of us coming... To the end of the year, there's been maybe some disappointments financially, relationships. There could have been some people letting you down, betraying you. Maybe those who've got children, there was sickness, maybe issues at school, behaviour, conflict, family dynamics, and maybe your own health that maybe hasn't been the best year. You've been fighting a few different logies or whatever it is, there's just this sense of it's quite relentless. And because we celebrate Christmas on the 359th day of the year, (laughs) we're not always at our best, are we? It's like here is this amazing opportunity to celebrate and to be grateful. And yet for a lot of us, we're we're at our worst. We are emotionally depleted. We're burnt out. We're fried. We're And this spirit of grumpy just keeps saying, feed me, feed me. Grumpy has quite an appetite. So we feed grumpy with all of the disappointment of 2022 and all of the unmet needs and unfulfilled dreams and all the sickness and all the things that have gone on with work and conflict and everything else. And we just keep feeding grumpy. And he just keeps saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. And of course, you know, coming to the end of the year, let's have all of the graduation ceremonies and end-of-year concerts and teacher-parent night. Last Saturday night, I couldn't go to my niece's dance concert, end-of-year. I went to the one before, but I didn't make this one. Three and a half hours. She was in two dances, totaling maybe three minutes, and for three and a half hours, you watch these girls do all their thing, and it's just one of the many end-of-year things. With work, you might have end-of-year get-togethers, maybe like in our apartment, we're having an end-of-year get-together. And then with all that going on, we have these friends that you haven't seen all year. You might see them at a function. It's like, need to catch up before Christmas. So why? 
Like, like really, why, why, we haven't seen each other all year. Why in November, December, all of a sudden, oh, need, let's catch up. Why not? Hey, let's catch up before June next year. But no, it, it's this pressure. We've got to do it before Christmas. And look, the consumerism, the consumerism is everywhere 24-7, but oh, doesn't it really build up with Black Friday and Cyber Monday and it won't be long, it'll be Boxing Day sales and of course Christmas and on social media there's advertising, it's just junk mail and it, it, you just feel, oh, it just get worn out. And then there's Christmas shopping. Now, some of you love Christmas shopping. It is your favourite time of the year. You love it when the carols are playing and Christmas trees are everywhere. I, I don't know. I think online has been such a blessing to humanity, online shopping. But for those of you who, do, who find that almost insulting, it, it's the, the traffic. You, you know, it's the traffic to Karanup or, you know, Garden City, wherever. And then it's finding the car bay. Now, I know some of you have the anointing. You have a relationship with God. Or, oh, God, lead me to a car bay. And out reverses a car. I think, oh, thank you, Lord. You think, I, I do not have that anointing. I do laps and, and further laps. And it's just like, and then you get in and, uh, oh, my gosh, it's like all of Perth is in this one shopping centre. And there are crying children and there are crying consumers and complaining people. And it's just this whole thing of, ah. And then it comes to Christmas Day. Now, I don't know about you, I've got a really good family, reasonably functional. But some of you, it's like all of this dysfunction of the whole year comes out on Christmas Day. It is not a pleasant time. And you, you, you finally get to bed on Christmas Day and just think, oh, thank goodness, it's a whole year before Christmas 2023. And Grumpy's saying, keep going, keep, let's keep going with this, keep going with this. And I think this is an opportune time to just go, let's just, let's just stop slow down and pause. Are we going to feed grumpy this year or are we going to feed gratitude? And whatever we feed is going to grow. And if gratitude grows and we're just going to say, we're just going to make a decision, it's going to be a choice, a mindset, I'm going for gratitude. It doesn't mean things like, you know, crazy family, um, weird uncles and all those sort of things and crowds and consumerism. It doesn't mean all that goes away. It doesn't mean you don't deny it, but all of a sudden you're just in this sense of, hmm, this is all about Jesus. I'm going to be a person who is grateful, always grateful. This T-shirt has been proudly brought to you by Elevate Church, a little, little bit of shameless um, propaganda. It's nice to be a walking billboard this morning and we're going to get into this whole thing of gratitude. The way we're going to do it is we're going to look at two people we don't know a lot about. They appear on the 40th day after the first Christmas. The names are Simeon and Anna. We... It's only Luke out of the four gospel writers that mentions Simeon and Anna. And we're going to look at a little moment in their life and see what we can glean about gratitude. Let's start with the gratitude of Simeon. We know up until this time, the Holy Spirit has been on a very long holiday. Angels have not appeared to people. Holy Spirit has not necessarily anointed anyone. There hasn't been any scripture written over a few hundred years. Uh, and it's just almost like there's this holiday. But for Simeon, he knows 
the Holy Spirit has spoken to him saying, you will see the Messiah before you die. Was it an audible voice, a prompting? We don't know. But Simeon knew. He had faith that one day he will see the Messiah. Now, we do know he's a very devout Jewish man, led by the Holy Spirit. And there he is. He appears in the temple with Mary, Joseph and Jesus. And this is what we read in Luke 2.25. As the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law. So Jesus is about to go through this uh, law of Moses of um, consecrating or dedicating the firstborn son. Now, if they had a daughter, um, they wouldn't have to go to Jerusalem. Um, you know, if they had Sally, for example, it's like, look, we love you, Sally, but, you know, unfortunately with the law of Moses, you know, we don't dedicate you if you were a boy, Jesus. So anyhow, they go to the temple. Thankfully, Jesus doesn't remember the last time he was at the temple. The last time he was at the temple, he was eight days old. And a man had a very sharp instrument and performed another ritual. But thankfully, Jesus does not remember the last time he was in the temple. Thankfully, dedication, consecration does not hurt. Mary also has to perform this, or she doesn't perform, there needs to be a a ceremony of purification. And this is what we read in Luke 2.25. With my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. He's holding this baby. It's now out in the open for everyone to see a God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations. We call them the Gentiles and the glory for your people. In other words, Simeon, he probably knows, oh, we've heard about this couple. He doesn't really know. He's a cute boy like all children, but he holds and he knows that he knows that he knows. I am holding the Messiah. And he expresses gratitude with my own eyes. I have seen salvation. What about the gratitude of Anna? Again, we don't know a lot about her. We do know she, like him, a very devout Jew. Uh, Dr. Luke, writing and recording this, interviewing people, reveals that she's only been married for seven years and then her husband (coughs) passed away, which is really very, I mean, hello, seven years and he's gone. And she's been a widow. We, we are, she's either been a widow for 84 years. Some scholars say, no, she was 84 years of age. Apparently in the original text, it's a little blurry. I don't know about you. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But let's say she is, um, she's been a widow for 84 years. No resentment, no, no apparent cynicism or where is God. She is a prophetess. She hears revelation from God. She reveals this revelation to people, and we read what she does with her 84 years of being a widow. She dedicates her life to be a worshipper of God. She's in the temple courts with this simple kingdom rhythm of prayer and fasting, worshipping God and praying and fasting. Her whole life is about worshipping God. And we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 38, at the very time Simeon was praying... She showed up, broke into an anthem of praise to God and talked about the child to all who were waiting expectantly for the freeing of Jerusalem. She knew, just like Simeon, it wasn't like someone told her, it was just this sense of divine revelation. You know, Simeon is 
you know, dedicating Jesus, praising God, she walks in and goes, oh, yes, yes, this anthem of praise. Wow. So with this little narrative, post-Christmas, what can we learn about the nature of gratitude? And from this, how can we break the spirit of grumpy before this Christmas? Two points, very straightforward. Point number one, what we look for, we see. 2017, I started working as a chaplain with Baptist Care, so I'm, you know, I'm working in residential care, I'm a chaplain, and part of the package, if I wanted to, was an opportunity through smart leasing to lease a car, not pay stamp duty, save on tax, you know, reduce my taxable income, you lease a car for five years, and then there'll be this, you know, amount left over, residual, you pay that off, and you you got a car, you know, you got a reasonably good new car. So I thought, oh, I'm not a real, sorry, guys, women, I'm not a real car person, but I just did a bit of research. Look, I could have got a really great car, but for the price range, as a mere humble chaplain, I just went for a, a Nissan X-Trail. Future, oh, I'm sorry, sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> and then I looked at the colours, I thought, well, I've had white before, I didn't really like white, black, I've had black before, really hard. it looks great, but hard to keep, you know, polishing everything. I just went for silver. So there I am, got my little silver X-Trial, went to the, the car dealer, you know, showed me how a few things worked, really basic. As I left, I realised, I thought I had a, a little navigation thing, but I, it, it didn't come with it. I obviously didn't do much research. Um, but anyhow, I'm driving along, and over the next couple of weeks, this funny thing happened. Everywhere I look, silver extra, silver extra. It's just like, there, there must have been a special sale, or was there, or did I start a move of God? Everyone just thought, Rob's got a silver extra, let's all get a silver extra. But as I'm driving, extra, extra. No kidding. There were a couple of times, I, you know, I'd park my car, go to the beach, go shopping, come back, and I'm, you know, got the little remote. Why isn't it? Go oh, wrong extra. Silver looks just like mine. Little lesson in life. What you look for, you see. There's always been silver extras. Maybe not as many as some of the cars you drive, but, you know, you, some of you guys drive some amazing cars. But, and, and some of you even park your car on the lawn, which is, I, I don't know why you would do that. If you're trying to grow grass, why would you park the car on the lawn? But anyhow, sorry, little... See, I've been here long enough now. I, have you ever seen Reese's arms? My gosh. My, my legs are smaller than his arms. Anyhow, um, I was going somewhere. <laughs> Extra, they're everywhere. What you look for, you see. It's on my radar. Because I own one, I, I now notice them. They've always been there. Well, not always. But, you know, for, for the last few years, there's been silver extras. Just, now that I have one, and I've got this radar, they're everywhere. What you look for, you see. Now, we can look for all sorts of things. We, we, if you want to look for some negative things about the church, look for it, you'll find it. But if you want to look for the goodness of God and the love of God and the move of God, you can look to some really interesting places like Mother Teresa said I was looking for Jesus and I saw Jesus among the poor I saw the manifest presence of Jesus among the poor 
No one else saw that. They just saw poor people. But because she was looking for the kingdom of God, she was looking for uh, the, the presence of Jesus. She saw it among the poor. And so here you have a first century, a lot of Jewish people doing Jewish things. And they're, um, you know, they're going to church, so to speak. They're doing their sacrifices, their ceremonies, their rituals. And you know, they know it's been a long time since there's been a move of God. There's been a long time since we've heard of angelic visitations, miracles, what have you. But there is this couple, Simeon and Anna, who likewise haven't seen it, but they just believe it. They just believe we are going to see the Messiah. And so here you have this couple, they're not married, but you've got two people, same Jewish heritage, but they are waiting patiently and expectantly and they have this spirit of gratitude. There is no cynicism like, hello God, I mean, where are you? Where are the angels? Where's the Holy Spirit? Where is some more scripture? Where are the Moses and the Deborahs and all these amazing men and women of God? It's just this wilderness, not Simeon and Anna. There is just expectancy. So the Messiah, if they didn't see the Messiah today, it's like, oh, but there's always tomorrow. If it wasn't this week, it could be next week. Wasn't this month, oh, it could be next month. Always gratitude. What you look for, you see. And so here you have Simeon. He finally holds this baby that other people have seen. Oh, he's the carpenter's son. When he sees him, he sees the Messiah. What you look for, you see. Anna likewise, she breaks out in this anthem of praise. They saw what others didn't see because they were looking. There was expectancy. There was this spirit of gratitude. Whatever they saw, even when there was silence, even when there was a delay, well, God is in the silence. God is in the delay. God is at work. What we look for, we see. And when we see, we are grateful. What do we learn about gratitude from Simeon and Anna? Gratitude is not about circumstances, your bank balance, your genetics, your upbringing, your education, your personality. Anna is an example. If there was ever a person who, in a sense, would have, had, would have been entitled to be a little bit bitter, Anna. Married for seven years, a guy dies. A widow for 84 years. Now, a widow, first century, neglected exploited, illiterate, uneducated, no future. Either you remarry or you go to other occupations that may be able to bring in a bit of money, but not Anna. It wasn't about a circumstance. It was just, I'm, I'm looking, I'm expecting. What we look for, we see. And so for her, it was all about loving devotion, holy expectation. You see, gratitude is all about perspective. So you can be seeing the same thing, but because of your mindset, which is a, a kingdom mindset, we see things differently. My bed is uncomfortable, but I have a bed. My house is small. I've got somewhere to live. Some of you maybe, oh, my taxable income is so high. You've got a job. I don't have that issue, by the way. Oh, my children annoy me. You've got children. It, it's just amazing. What we look for, we see. Then the second point, similar but different, what we focus on, we strengthen. 
So there's something about if we focus on grumpy and we focus on entitlement and we focus on resentment and we focus on, you know, this didn't happen and that didn't happen, this person didn't do this and this person, oh, grumpy's like, keep feeding me, keep feeding me, keep getting me stronger and stronger. Feed me, feed me, feed me. Two men in prison. One saw bars, the other saw stars. They're both in prison. They both can see the bars, they both can see the stars, but it's about focus. One focuses on the bars. One focuses on, oh, I know you do the crime, you do the time, but why was I so foolish? I'm going to be here for so many years. These bars, I'm, I'm a prisoner, I'm a victim, I'm not going to see my family. And the other one, all of that, yes, but I'm not going to focus on the bars. Every night I get to look out. Oh, falling star different alignment it's just like this is I'm going to make the most of my time what we focus on we strengthen and so for Simeon and Anna they didn't focus on well God hello where are you you know come on you said we're going to see the Messiah Simeon's like hey before I die and I'm getting close you said you know it's just like no we're just going to focus on God we're not just even focusing on the promise we're going to focus on the, the one who gave us the promise we're just going to focus on God God knows what he's doing and his timing is perfect. And for Anna, I'm not going to focus on the loss of my husband. I'm not going to focus on my financial situation. I'm not going to focus on the fact I'm illiterate. I'm just going to focus on the glory of God. I am going to dedicate myself to be a worshipper of God. Here's a little experiment, and good luck with this. Try and be grumpy and grateful at the same time. I don't think it can be done. Try and be resentful and grateful at the same time. You can't do it. Try and be entitled. After all I've done for you, Lord, after all I've done, and grateful at the same time. It's one or the other. But when we choose to focus on the love of God... And the move of God and the goodness of God, what we focus on, we will strengthen. Even if there are disappointments and delays and setbacks and obstacles. It's just, I'm just going to focus on the Lord. I'm going to focus on the Lord. I'm going to focus on the way of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. What we focus, we will strengthen. We focus. We see what we look for. We see what we focus, we strengthen. What we focus, this is a time we slow down. This is a time we breathe, a time we ponder, it's a time we meditate. You see, gratitude on one level is a human emotion. It's a very pleasant emotion like joy and happiness and contentment. And if you look at those pleasant emotions, what they all have in common, they're similar but different, is appreciation. Out of appreciation, there's joy. Out of appreciation, there's contentment. Out of appreciation, gratitude. You're not focusing on what you don't have. You're focusing on what you do have. You're focusing on whose hands we are in. And so gratitude is a very pleasant emotion. And we know the difference when we're feeling gratitude Oh, that just feels so good. And then when it's grumpy. Oh, he's he's sort of sapping life out of me. I feel heavy. I feel toxic. 
it's a choice. But interestingly, gratitude is more than an emotion. It is a practice. It's something we feel, but it's also something we do. It's something we activate. And I love the, the way that uh, science is now backing up scripture. <laughs> you know, it's like science is caught up with scripture. So, you know, you look at a proverb, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Well, we actually know that through science uh, about renewing your mind. Well, science can talk about what happens when you change your thinking and new neuro pathways and everything else. Well, they're found now, hello, they're found that gratitude is really good for the soul. That as we sincerely, you can't just, I'm really grateful for my wife, even though she drives me crazy, I'm grateful for my children. No, that's, it's, 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 no, it's got to be this sincere looking for what I look for, I see what I focus on, I strengthen, I am grateful. What it will do, it will improve your sleep, your mental health, your relationships will be better. Have you ever been with people who are all pretty grateful? It doesn't mean they're all they're plastic and they're just always look on the bright side of life type of people, but they're just, they just always see the best. Wow, you leave that conversation, you feel a connection. What's it like when you're hanging out with people who are bitter and cynical? It just, ugh. Well, they've found that, you know, there was a time that they knew there was this feel-good hormone called oxytocin, which they often associate just with a very intimate couple, intimate relationship, and there's this, these beautiful feel-good hormones released. Well, they've actually found, oh, well, it's more than just an intimate couple. In community, there is almost a biochemical thing happening between people when we are grateful. So there, there's this download, this cascade of all these feel-good hormones, we sleep better, stress is reduced, blood pressure goes down, all because, and so God in his infinite wisdom, he's not saying, you know, like, hey, you've got to brush your teeth, you've got to eat Brussels sprouts because it's good for you. He's saying, gratitude is good for you, but by the way, it is really good for you. Something will happen in your spirit, in your physiology, everything about you as a person will be lifted through gratitude. Now, there's a number of ways of practicing gratitude. I know some people have a gratitude journal and they write in it, awesome. Some of you might have a gratitude list or before you go to sleep, you might write down a few things you're grateful for, wonderful, if that works for you. And for some of you, you try to just like, oh, list, you know, it's another list, I've got the to-do list, I've got the shopping list, I've got just another thing to do, well, I'd like to offer another way of practicing gratitude. And once again, science is saying that, that this shows some really good results, more so than less. And that is when you have one thing you're grateful for, but you turn it into a story. It's not just the phrase, I'm grateful for, but you turn it into a narrative. So coming to this Christmas, imagine if by memorising John 3.16, even the first part, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, rather than it just being a memory verse, turn it into a story with your name. For God so loved me, or for God so loved Jessica, Neil and Mark, for God so loved that he gave his one and only son. 
And then we turn that into a narrative back to God. We read God a story of gratitude. Oh God, I am so grateful that you love me despite my brokenness and my dysfunction and everything else. You love me and you sent Jesus to take my place. So we're, we're, there's, a, there's a, a narrative that God is giving to us. There is a narrative we're giving back to God. And oh my goodness, storytelling. So 21 sleeps. We have time to put Grumpy down once and for all. We have time to think, you know what, Grumpy, this Christmas... I'm not going to feed you. You and don't, you might be. Doesn't he become grumpy about it? No, he 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 basically just loses his voice. He loses his authority. Just don't feed him. And then we just feed gratitude. With all of the stuff happening, we're not denying. We're not ignoring. With all of the, the stuff happening, with families and shopping and consumerism and all the distractions and all the noise, it's just yet. God, I am forever grateful. I'm grateful for this year and it was one of the hardest but I am grateful that you are wholly present in all of my brokenness and all of my disappointment. Always have, always will. I know God you can bring healing, you can bring restoration. Help me to be light to my friends who've got the spirit of grumpy on. I'm not going to come with any superiority. I'm just going to come as a servant representing you and I'm, I'm just not going in those conversations. I'm just going to bring Gratitude. I'm going to leak gratitude wherever I'm going. There's this virus, it's gratitude. I'm going to sneeze on people, I'm going to cough on people, and people are going to get gratitude. Gratitude that we are loved. We are lovable. So elevate. Let's put grumpy down and let's elevate the spirit of gratitude. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.